Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. AINC programming is brought to you in part by Weissman Family Dental in Boulder, Colorado. For over 25 years, Weissman Family Dental has been providing high-quality dentistry. They offer regular checkups, emergency care, and a wide range of specialty services. They also have staff that speak Spanish. If you are looking for a new dentist, find them at WeissmanFamilyDental.com or call them at 303-494-0101 and tell them Audio Information Network of Colorado sent you. Thank you for joining us for the Thursday, March 23rd, 2023 reading of the Boulder Weekly. My name is Eric Levine. News Roundup, March 23rd, 2023, by Boulder Weekly staff. Case against fossil fuel companies could stay in local courts. The Federal Office of the Solicitor General recommends the Supreme Court allow the City of Boulder and Boulder County's case against ExxonMobil and Suncor to proceed in Colorado State Court. The recommendation came on March 16, after the two fossil fuel companies asked for a higher court to review the case in June 2022. Boulder County Commissioner Ashley Stoltzman says the lawsuit focuses on, quote, local injuries and violations of state law, unquote. Quote, this case is about ensuring that the taxpayers of Boulder County and similar communities do not have to foot the entire bill for the cost of climate change harms, unquote, she told Boulder Weekly via email. Quote, because of their the fossil fuel companies continue to profit from the climate crisis and also bear responsibility, unquote. The lawsuit was originally filed in 2018 by Boulder County, San Miguel County, and the city of Boulder against Exxon and Suncor for, quote, their decades of misinformation and other contributions to the climate crisis, unquote. Quote, Fires, floods, and extreme weather not only pose threats to our community, but they are also very costly to taxpayers, unquote, Boulder Mayor Aaron Brockett said in a press release. Quote, the companies responsible for these costs must pay, unquote. The Supreme Court will decide whether to allow the Solicitor General's recommendation or hear the case. releases new climate assessment. There's some good news in the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Changes, IPCC, latest report. The sixth assessment report, released on March 20, compiles the latest findings from climate scientists to show impacts of climate change, risks in the near and long term, current adaptation status, and more. Scientists from around the world write in the report that progress across all sectors and regions have generated, quote, multiple benefits, unquote, with more countries making commitments to reduce emissions 
and helping communities adapt to the impacts of climate change. At the same time, the report says climate change has already, quote, led to some irreversible impacts as natural and human systems are pushed beyond their ability to adapt, unquote. The report also found there is more than a 50% chance global temperature will reach or surpass 1.5 degrees Celsius by 2040, despite some promising low-carbon tech developments and more funding toward climate adaptation and resilience, the report still calls for policymakers to make more ambitious greenhouse gas reductions. Boulder County seeks applicants for Gross Reservoir Working Group. The Gross Reservoir Community Advisory Working Group is accepting applications to join the group and make recommendations to Boulder County on the best way to distribute the $5 million Gross Reservoir Community Impact Mitigation Fund. The fund was designed to provide direct payments to eligible property owners who might be impacted by the dam's expansion project after Boulder County's settlement with Denver Water. The working group will meet three times between April and May to develop recommendations. The application is deadline is Monday, March 27 at 1 p.m. Apply at bouldercounty.gov. Natural Medicine Advisory Board confirmed. Colorado has drafted 15 members for the board that will advise on how to implement psychedelic therapy programs. Voters passed Proposition 122 last November, decriminalizing certain hallucinogenic compounds, including psilocybin and mescaline, and authorizing state licensed treatment centers to administer the drug under supervision. The state confirmed the members appointed by Governor Jared Polis on March 14, to serve on the Colorado Natural Medicine Advisory Board. This board, consisting of experts in healthcare, mycology, indigenous traditions, and more, will advise the department on regulatory agencies on how to successfully implement the proposition. Quote, this is just one part of a careful and intentional process towards creating a state-regulated system to ensure safe, equitable access to these medicines for all Colorado adults who can safely benefit, unquote. Tasia Poinsat, Executive Director of Healing Advocacy Fund Colorado, said in a press release, quote, in order to effectively combat Colorado's mental health crisis, we must ensure access to new and innovative pathways to healing and today's confirmation is an important step toward that goal." Unquote. Prominent medical institutions like Johns Hopkins, UCLA, and NYU have found some natural psychedelic medicines to be effective at treating anxiety and depression. The Food and Drug Administration recently designated psilocybin as a, quote, breakthrough therapy, unquote, for treatment-resistant depression.
Lost Hurrah, a local man's journey with ALS shows the limits of medicine and the power of community by Will Matsuka, Matuska, March 23rd, 2023. Sid Atif Ali, known as Atif, was halfway through a hike in Iceland when he started pushing the pace. He wanted to run like he often did on the trails surrounding Boulder, where he received degrees from both CU and Naropa universities and has lived since the mid-2000s. An avid outdoors person, Atif was driven to this two-week Icelandic adventure after his last long hike left him with an unexplainable feeling that he didn't have many more hikes left. But this time, he was really struggling. Quote, why can't I run anymore? Unquote. He remembers thinking to himself during his hike. When he fell and broke his ankle, he wasn't surprised, just relieved. Sprawled just off the trail, surrounded by glaciers and mountain peaks, Atif thought he might finally know what was happening to his body. Quote, that trip was kind of my last hurrah, unquote, he says, during a vi visit to his rental home outside Lafayette. A few years later, in September 2021, Doctors at the Anschutz Medical Campus diagnosed Atif with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS, and gave him a year and a half to live. Looking back, he says that fall on the hike in Iceland was a culmination of something he was feeling for some time, muscle weakness and problems with coordination, leading him to feel insecure walking, crossing the street, and running. He says getting that diagnosis at 45 years old was devastating. He thought he was about halfway through his life. The rare and life neurological disease, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, disrupts nerve cells that control voluntary muscle movements like walking, talking, and breathing. The ALS Association estimates at least 16,000 people have the disease at any given time in the U.S., two per 100,000 people. Today, Atif struggles to lift his hand and arms, can't stand without support, has difficulty talking and breathing, and requires a round-the-clock caregiver. He says the disease has progressed rapidly. Just last November, he was walking on his own. He's participated in multiple trials to test different treatments, but has not felt improvements. There's no cure or effective treatment to reverse ALS's progression. Despite the, the physical, emotional, and financial toll, Atif's friends describe him as gracious, caring, and strong. His participation in the local arts and music scene around Boulder gave him a reputation as a popular, quote, community guy, unquote, known to have, quote, many orbits, unquote, of involvement in Boulder, including volunteering at local radio station KGNU. Because of that reputation and his diagnosis, the community has been pouring out support for him over the last year and a half with nearly 350 people donating a total of nearly $80,000 to help support him. Chris Allred is a longtime friend of Atif's, 
He says Atif has a, quote, very strong spirit, unquote. Quote, he's facing this challenge with such fortitude and high spirits, unquote. Alred says, quote, he's just such a bright soul and he's facing it better than I can imagine anyone doing with such a challenging diagnosis, unquote. Ongoing research. Despite first being discovered in 1869, there are still unknowns surrounding ALS. According to the ALS Association, 10% of people with ALS inherit a mutated gene with a known connection to causing the disease. The other 90% of cases, including Atif's, don't have a definite, definitive cause and are considered, quote, sporadic, unquote. While it's unclear how Atif developed ALS, he highlighted a brain injury caused by a car accident in 2016. On the outside, it looked like he was recovering, he says, but on the inside, it felt like, quote, something had changed, unquote. Quote, the crash took away a certain filter, unquote, he says. One study published in the National Library of Medicine in 2018 found trauma events confined to the head are risk factors for ALS. Brian Frederick, Senior Vice President of Communications at the ALS Association, says there are some diagnosis trends, like higher rates within certain occupations, like military or NFL players, or, quote, clusters, unquote, of cases found in certain locations that could potentially point to an environmental cause. But he reiterates that these are not definitive. Frederick says the disease is hard to study because it affects people in different ways and along different timelines. Quote, we're still trying to understand what causes ALS, so the lack of a clear specific cause makes it more difficult to develop treatments, unquote, he says. Frederick, who received a PhD at CU, says he is seeing more resources invested in ALS research that is leading to new treatments and discoveries. For example, in September 2022, the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, approved Relivio, Relivrio to treat patients with ALS. This is the first new treatment in, quote, years, unquote, according to Frederick. Another drug called Tofersen was under discussion during an FDA advisory committee meeting on March 22nd. Quote, we're very hopeful that we'll continue to see new treatments come online for a disease that hasn't had a lot of treatments in the past, unquote, says Frederick. You've got a friend in me. Atif has family in Houston and Chicago, but one of the main reasons he came back to Boulder County was because of his friends. One of those friends is Allred, a sales rep at Boulder Weekly and former roommate of Atif's. On a sunny Friday at Atif's place outside Lafayette, Allred arrives with home-baked cookies and purified water. The two of them used to go to CU's International Film Series together and go on hikes at the Hesse Trailhead, west of Netherland. 
They joke about how cold the house they lived in together on Gross Street always was. Allred was one of the friends who answered Atif's call in February when he wanted to move out of the nursing home he was in because of, quote, difficult conditions, unquote. Quote, it was very hard to be in that space with my limited function, unquote, Atif says. Quote, I was relegated to a bed and my decline happened very rapidly, unquote. Atif didn't want to spend his last days there, so a crew of friends helped him move helped move him and his 400-pound electric-powered wheelchair to Lafayette. While his new space is quieter and better fit for his needs, it presents challenges, like finding the money to pay for rent and home health care. While Atif's support system is managing donation money, there's concern it's not sustainable without Medicaid support, which is estimated to arrive in up to two months. Allred says all the support Atif has received from the community is a testament to his impact. Quote, it really shows the effect he's had throughout his life because more and more friends and loved ones keep showing up to help, unquote, Allred says. Even Christy Diarmet, who met Atif just this year through donating Reiki sessions once a week, is touched by Atif. Quote, He's a really amazing man, and he impacts people when they meet him, unquote, she says. Atif has received hospice care since December, when doctors gave him six months to live. Between now and the end, he doesn't want to go back to a nursing home. For the rest of his time, he says he is, quote, trying to have a situation that allows the end stages to be comfortable and with friends and community as much as possible. You can help Atif by donating to his GoFundMe. Learn more about ALS and ongoing research at ALS.org. Boulder Gannick, Swimming with Forever Chemicals Colorado's river fish are contaminated, but the news isn't all bad by Kaylee Harder, March 9, 2023. From stunning canyons to babbling brooks, Colorado's rivers draw an estimated 1.1 million anglers annually, but an unseen danger is lurking in nearly every catch. An analysis published earlier this year in the journal Environmental Research found, quote, forever chemicals, unquote, a group of thousands of synthetic compounds known as PFAS in nearly every fish sample, including those from the South Platte, Yampa, Gunnison, Rio Grande, and Colorado rivers here in the Centennial State. The study, conducted by the nonprofit Environmental Working Group, EWG, likened eating one serving of contaminated fish to drinking a month's worth of contaminated water. Of 501 fish samples, only one had no PFAS detected. PFAS have been linked to a range of health impacts, including a weakened immune system, damage to the reproductive system, 
changes in the liver, and increased risk of cancer. The chemicals were developed in the 1940s and have been used in a variety of products, including firefighting foam, cookware, food packaging, and cosmetics. Another recent analysis by EWG found the chemicals in more than 330 species of wildlife across the globe. Brendan Besetsny, a 31-year-old angler who has been fishing for most of his life and lives in Boulder, says he found the study results, quote, extremely concerning, unquote, but not surprising. Quote, having that information now would definitely deter me from harvesting and consuming fish, unquote, he says. Quote, you can go out and catch fish that are looking totally normal and healthy. You're not seeing this massive negative impact with the naked eye, unquote. The Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, has no current standard for PFAS levels in fish sold to consumers, but recently it sharply reduced its drinking water lifetime advisories for PFOA and PFOS, two of the most widespread and harmful PFAS, from 70 parts per trillion PPT to 0.004 PPT for PFOA and 0.02 for PFOS. The new advisories mean the EPA links extremely low rates of PFAs with adverse health effects. For reference, one part per trillion is equal to one drop in 20 Olympic-sized swimming pools. The study compared one serving of fish to drinking water contaminated at 48 PPT for a month. The EWG study's findings echo those of a pilot study released in 2022 by the Colorado Department of Public Health, the Colorado School of Mines, and the Colorado Parks and Wildlife that sampled fish from several popular fishing areas in the state and found PFOS in 100% of the fish sampled. Quote, fishing is a part of life in Colorado and we definitely want people to still enjoy the beautiful environment and the great fishing that we have here, unquote, says Christy Richardson, Colorado's state toxicologist. Richardson notes that PFAs have been used in consumer products for about 70 years, and exposure is decreasing due to efforts to phase them out in the past decade. Quote, it's important for people to have information and if they're concerned about the potential health impacts, to understand where they might want to decrease exposure, unquote. After the pilot study, Richardson says, signs were posted where high levels of PFAs were found, advising against eating the fish, but there are no statewide advisories because, quote, the data that we have across the state is quite limited and we don't have enough information yet about the levels in different water bodies and in different types of fish, unquote. In 2020, the state tested water systems, firefighting districts, groundwater sources, and surface water sources across the state 
as part of a sampling project. Of the drinking water systems that participated, 25% had some level of PFOA or PFOS chemicals detected in their treated drinking water, including in Lafayette and Thornton. Ron Falco, Colorado's Safe Drinking Water Program Manager, says the state currently considers PFA's contamination, quote, a concern but not a crisis, unquote. He says the state notifies the public when PFA's levels in water are higher than federal advisories and that the next step is to work with public water systems to reduce PFAS levels. To reduce PFAS, Colorado has banned the use and sale of firefighting foam and requires some dischargers to monitor and limit their releases of the chemicals into water bodies. Potential sources of PFAS discharges include manufacturing facilities, municipal landfills, and wastewater treatment plants, airports, and sites where PFAS-containing firefighting foams have been used, the EWG study says. As for anglers like Rosetsny, Richardson says catch and release is the best way to reduce exposure to the chemicals in fish. Basetsny says the study still raises concerns for him about watershed quality and lineage of the fish going forward. As someone who regularly eats fish, quote, it makes you think a little bit harder about where it came from and how it was produced and raised, unquote, he says. PFAS levels in locally caught freshwater fish were 278 times higher than fish sold in grocery stores, according to the EWG study, presenting an environmental justice issue. Purchasing fish in a grocery store may be cost prohibitive for those who rely on the fish they catch for sustenance, says Tasha Stoiber, EWG senior scientist and co-author of the study. The EWG study, which analyzed EPA samples from 2013 to 2015, did have one silver lining. Earlier EPA samples had higher PFAS levels, and more recent data from the EPA shows slight decreases from the 2013-2015 data, something Stoiber says is encouraging. Quote, actions can make a difference, unquote, she says, adding that officials need to, quote, turn off the tap, unquote, on these chemicals by phasing out non-essential uses and creating strict regulations for releases into the environment. Quote, now is the time for action, unquote, she says, quote, because these fresh waters are so vulnerable and fish is an important food source for so many people, unquote. Read Between the Lines, An Environmental Crime. New research shows toxic contamination from black market cannabis is leaching into public waterways. By Will Brenza, January 26, 2023. The illegal grow operations John Norris with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife's CDFW 
marijuana enforcement team would break up were all different. Sometimes the cartel members would be heavily armed and the fish and game warden would have to exchange gunfire with the growers to subdue them. Sometimes they would throw their hands up and surrender as soon as they saw the officers decked out in special ops gear holding loaded AR-15s. Other times the groves would be abandoned by the time the CDFW enforcement team got there. But the one thing they all had in common, according to Norris, was the aftermath. The environmental destruction was horrific. There would be tons of trash, human waste, animal traps, and worst of all, remnants of toxic pesticides, many of which had been banned by the Environmental Protection Agency for decades. Quote, you look at the toxicity of that type of product and know that it's being used at every grow site that these cartel growers have, and the environmental impacts are so pervasive, it's affecting our wildlife in our wetlands and waterways at their most sensitive spots, the source, unquote. Norris, who founded the CDFW Marijuana Enforcement Team, says, quote, it's really not a cannabis issue, it's an environmental crime, unquote. As environmental crime, Ivan, an environmental crime, Ivan Medel, didn't think scientists were exploring enough. One that, as an assistant ecologist with the Integral Ecology Research Center, IERC, he was well positioned and motivated to shed some light on. Quote, these sites are all over the place throughout the western U.S., in deserts, on top of mountains, and everywhere in between, unquote, Medell says. Quote, and we know pesticides are being used or applied in large volumes and in high concentrations, unquote. So he and several other researchers set out to determine how far those pesticides might be traveling and how long they stay in the environment. They used polar organic chemical integrative samplers to monitor the contamination, both upstream and downstream, of the kinds of illegal grow operations the CDFW enforcement team breaks up all the time. These are not your mom and pop private grow sites, Metal says. These are illegal public land cannabis cultivation complexes. When Medell and his team embarked on this study, he says their expectation was that the contamination was not being carried off-site. He says they had been hopeful that it was a highly localized issue that wasn't affecting tributaries and downstream watersheds. But that was not what they discovered. According to their paper, published in the Water Quality Research Journal, quote, we confirmed that trespass cannabis cultivation complexes are water pollution point sources for both organophosphate and carbamate pesticides, unquote. Medell says the contamination was present for as far as 11 miles downstream from the sources for a full year after the last application. Quote, it was very, very surprising, unquote, he says. And it's very disheartening. There are hundreds of these grows on public lands just in California, according to Norris. 80% of the illegal cannabis sold in the U.S. is grown on California land that belongs to American citizens, 
in national forests, national monuments, state parks, and throughout BLM land. According to the U.S. Forest Service, in the five-state Rocky Mountain region, there were 71,000 plants eradicated from public land in 2017. That's 26,000 more than they eradicated in 2016, and 68,000 more than they eradicated in 2015. In 2019, just in Fremont County, Colorado, officers seized 4,200 cannabis plants they found growing in San Isabel National Forest. The same year in the White River National Forest near Carbondale, Colorado, another 2,700 plants were discovered and destroyed. And also, and as in California, most of these sites are using highly toxic pesticides that leached into waterways, killing aquatic life and damaging creeks and streams. <clears throat> Medell hopes the information their study exposed can be useful for land managers and will make a difference across the state and the Western U.S. He says now that they've established the contamination is not a localized issue, the next step for them is to examine the extent to which it's affecting the ecology of our watersheds. We know it's out there, he says. Now the question is, how bad is it? While Medell continues down the path of research, the CDFW Marijuana Enforcement Team will continue to raid and break up illegal grow operations responsible for contamination. And importantly, they will continue to clean them up. Norris says environmental remediation is the most important aspect of their job. However, the contamination wouldn't be such a pervasive issue on public lands at all if it weren't for the federal prohibition of cannabis. If it weren't for cannabis's status as a Schedule I narcotic, the black market demand for it would disappear, along with most of these trespass growth sites. Norris sums the problem up succinctly, quote, if cherry tomatoes were on the black market for $4,000 a pound and it was illegal to grow and sell them, we'd be having gunfights over cherry tomatoes, unquote, he says. Read Between the Lines, Your Brain on DMT. New research shows DMT affects parts of the brain used in imagination and other higher-level brain functions. By Will Brenza, March 23, 2023. State-licensed psilocybin-assisted therapy clinics will begin opening in Colorado next year, thanks to Proposition 122 passing in November. And by 2026, clinics will also be allowed to administer ibogaine, mescaline, and dimethyltryptamine, DMT, therapy. All four of those substances are derived from plants. Psilocybin comes from mushrooms, ibogaine from the iboga shrub, mescaline from peyote cactus, and DMT from ayahuasca. DMT, however, is unique in one particular regard. It's a drug that is produced by many plants and animals other than ayahuasca, including humans. Endogenous DMT is a product of our own brains. People who use DMT often have transcendental, sometimes out-of-body experiences. They hallucinate vividly, 
and report meeting higher-dimensional beings, having near-death experiences and kaleidoscopic journeys through universes beyond our own. And the entire trip lasts just 10 to 20 minutes. Terence McKenna compared it to psilocybin, quote, Unlike mushrooms, where over hours and hours on a high dose, you might navigate yourself to the center of the Mandela, DMT is like being struck by metaphysical lightning, unquote. New research published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences sheds some light on that metaphysical lightning. Researchers wanted to see what happens inside people's brains as they experience DMT. The result not only show that this drug affects the parts of the brain where we generate our reality, but it also acts on the highest evolved areas of the brain that deal with complex problem-solving, language, planning, and imagination. Robin Carhart-Harris, one of the study's authors, explains that DMT blurs typical connections in the brain, causing them to be less distinct from another. For the study, 20 volunteers received a 20 milligram injection of DMT. A placebo shot was administered during a second visit to act as a control. Quote, at the dose we use, it, it is incredibly potent, unquote, Carhart-Harris says. Enough, he explains, for subjects to, quote, break through, unquote, into, quote, another world, unquote. Throughout the experience, patients gave updates on how intense the trip felt on a 10-point scale. They were also scanned using both electroencephalography, EEG, and functional magnetic resonance imaging, fMRI. The researchers were able to see a direct connection between areas instrumental for imagination and other higher-level functions of the brain and the intensity of their subjects' DMT trips. Chris Timmerman, head of DMT research at Imperial College in London, says the drug creates a system of hyperconnectivity within the brain. One of the study's major conclusions has to do with the, quote, entropic brain hypothesis, unquote. The idea suggests that psychedelics increase the entropy of brain activity in parallel with the, quote, depth of content, unquote, or richness of one's conscious experience. Quote, we suspect that while the newer, more evolved aspects of the brain dysregulate under DMT, older systems in the brain may be disinhibited, unquote, Carhart-Harris says, quote, a similar kind of thing happens in dreaming, unquote. Other research has noted that brain activity and experiences similar to those caused while under the influence of DMT also happen during near-death experiences. People who have close calls with death often report feeling like they have transcended their bodies, entered an alternate realm, and even encountered entities very similar to reported DMT experiences, suggesting to some researchers that endogenous DMT is released by our own brains at the time of death. With luck, a lot of future research surrounding the DMT state and its effects on the brain will happen here in Colorado, 
With DMT clinics just a few years away, this state is uniquely positioned to become a hub for this kind of research and to delve more deeply into the uses of DMT as a therapy drug. Quote, this is just the beginning in cracking the question of how DMT works to alter consciousness so dramatically, unquote, Carhart Harris says. Venture. It takes all of us. Colorado's Outdoor Equity Grant Program Breaks Down Barriers by Kaylee Harder, January 12, 2023. This past summer, a 90-year-old Korean War veteran cycled around Chatfield State Park with his entire family, while a young boy with a visual impairment discovered his love of climbing on an adaptive climbing wall. Another veteran with lupus participated in a 12-hour adaptive ride challenge by the end of the season without oxygen. For people with physical disabilities, accessing the world of outdoor sports can be a challenge, physically and financially. An adaptive bike, for example, can cost anywhere from $5,000 to $10,000. But with help from the state's Outdoor Equity Grants funding, adaptive athletes played for free this summer at Chatfield Park. Hosted by Adaptive Adventures, a Westminster-based nonprofit making outdoor sports accessible to children and adults with physical disabilities, the Get Outdoors and Play multi-sport days typically draw around 140 families to Chatfield State Park, providing adaptive cycling, kayaking, paddleboarding, and climbing. Quote, getting that opportunity to feel, feel the wind in their hair, the freedom of riding a bicycle, being with their family, getting to interact in a fun way that's not going through their medical routine every day. It just really helps bring that quality of life back and that feeling of independence, joy, freedom, and exhilaration, unquote, says Chelsea Elder, Executive Director of Adaptive Adventures. Adaptive Adventures received $45,000 in Colorado's first round of outdoor equity grants in July 2022. Money covered the cost of six Get Outdoors and Play multi-sports days, as well as six weeks of the org's Adaptive Sports for Kids program. The grant program was created through House Bill 21-1318 and uses lottery money to increase access to Colorado's outdoor spaces for underserved youth and their families by funding organizations across the state that connect a variety of populations to the outdoors, including those with disabilities, young people of color, and LGBTQ plus youth. In December, a second round of outdoor equity grants were awarded, bringing the total grant money dispersed to $3.1 million. To date, more than 60 organizations across the state have received an outdoor equity grant. Quote, we've seen the transformative impact these grants have had by breaking down barriers and empowering the next generation of Coloradans to experience, enjoy, and care for our amazing outdoors, and we are excited to continue this important work, unquote, Governor Jared Paulus said in a press release. 
cost, transportation, and lacking a sense of belonging have all been barriers to access and inclusion in the outdoors, says Joel Harder, director of CU Boulder's Outdoor Recreation Economy Program. More than 70% of outdoor recreation participants are white, and only 46% of participants identify as female, according to the 2022 Outdoor Participation Trends Report. Quote, Colorado is known for its outdoor spaces, and we need to work hard to ensure that everyone is able to enjoy those opportunities, unquote. Harder says, quote, creating these opportunities creates a new generation of folks, young and old, who are outdoor enthusiasts. When we think about access and we think about inclusion, it's got to include everybody, unquote. Girls on Rock, a Boulder-based organization that received $46,300 in the first round of funding this past summer, seeks to empower girl-identified youth, along with young people who are non-binary and non-conforming, through science, art, and outdoor education. The organization takes 16 to 18-year-olds on a free two-week expedition in the backcountry of the Rocky Mountains, to develop outdoor leadership and science skills with a focus on providing the opportunity to youth who are low income, black, Latino, and from other racial and ethnic backgrounds that, quote, have been historically not welcomed into the science and outdoor recreation industry, unquote, says Pacifica Summers, chair of Girl on, Girls on Rocks Volunteer Leadership Board. Quote, this grant really makes next year's expedition possible to not lose that momentum and that institutional knowledge, Summer, unquote, Summers says. This summer's expedition will be the fourth of its kind and will be fully funded by the Outdoor Equity Grant. The expeditions help develop participants' confidence, appreciation for their environment, and sense of community, Summers says, with the goal of, quote, building lifelong advocates for science and environmental stewardship, and to have the outdoor recreation and environmental research community better reflect our communities and not just a small subset of them." Unquote. Joanne Liu, co-founder and CEO of Asian Girls Ignite, also sees the power of outdoor spaces as a place to build community and resilience. The Denver-based organization received $78,000 in the most recent round of Outdoor Equity Grants funding to build on its mission to empower Asian American and Pacific Islander girls through a variety of programming that connects young people with role models. Quote, ultimately, what I would want them to experience is that Asian women can and do exist in many different spaces, unquote, Liu says. Now, with the Outdoor Equity Grant, Asian Girls Ignite is expanding its outdoor programming and launching a program in which cohorts of middle and high school students will learn backpacking or climbing skills over the course of about six months. We hope we're supporting with building resilience, self-efficacy, and trust, not only in oneself, but also the community through these activities because a lot of these activities require support, unquote, Lou says. Quote, 
For example, for climbing and top roping, you need people to support you with that. And so it's about really trusting not only yourself, but also your community through these activities." Unquote. Harder says the outdoor equity grants are an important first step in getting more people outdoors and, those, and that those already in the outdoor industry need to work to create similar opportunities for new people to experience the outdoors. Quote, this is really going to take all of us, unquote, he says. <clears throat> Quote, we have to bring that level of sophistication and that hard critical thinking into developing and supporting the outdoors as a place for everybody, unquote. To get involved in one of these organizations as a participant, volunteer, or donor, Adaptive Adventures at adaptiveadventures.org, Girls on Rock, inspiringgirls.org slash GOR, or email rock at inspiringgirls.org. Participant applications for this summer's expeditions were due January 31. Asian Girls Ignite, asiangirlsignite.org. Entertainment, Arts and Culture. Who is she? Meet Whole Foods Daddy, Boulder's Meme Laureate, Crystallizing the Decadence, Weirdness, and Beauty of the People's Republic by Samuel Shaw, March 23, 2023. Gabby Vermeer still remembers the first meme she posted in 2019. The template, an anime illustration of a bespeckled man gesturing fondly toward a butterfly with three captions splashed across the frame. On the man, quote, Midwesterners, unquote. On the butterfly, quote, pasta jays, unquote. And beneath both, quote, is this literally the best place in Boulder, unquote. The image macro was a big hit among Vermeer's friends in their group chat. Then it made its way to the city's dedicated subreddit, r slash boulder where strangers upvoted the post 250 times. But Instagram is where Vermeer's oddball local memes found a real audience, one that's within 10,000 followers and garnished the tall bookish paralegal with an air of micro-celebrity, at least online, and a cult status among CU students and local 20-somethings. As it turned out, there was a vacuum for memes that put Boulder's ineffable weirdness into context, and Vermeer was happy to fill it. She had a lifetime of training, after all, having grown up on the hill, the city's contradictions and archetypes, bohemian millionaires, alt-medicine moms, Google tech bros, and of course, the many shades of CU student life, were as familiar as the local fauna. Her research pedigree includes an undergraduate degree in political science and biology from CU Boulder. This is Whole Food Daddy's natural habitat. Quote, I grew up in fear of CU students, which is a very natural, normal, and healthy thing. Then I became a CU student. Now I'm older than them and still maintain a healthy fear, unquote, Vermeer 27 says with a laugh between sips of West End Tavern's 
House Malbec. An affinity for wine is one aspect of her online persona inspired by reality. The ritual lubricates Vermeer's creative process and helps her unwind after grueling shifts in family court. But when it comes to her identity, a certain degree of ambiguity has provided Vermeer freedom to experiment with characters. One is the wise, quote, crone, C-H-R-O-N-E, unquote, sometimes depicted as a babushka chastising sorority, sorority girls for sporting club wear during lethal cold snaps. Others gleefully indulge various levels of thirst for species of men only found in Boulder from, quote, fit wook dads going commando under their harem pants, unquote, to recumbent cyclists with the, quote, legs of Zeus, unquote. These clues combined to suggest an important facet of Vermeer's identity that her early content didn't, that the account is run by a woman. Quote, I've started to become more transparent about this coming from the perspective of a woman because people keep kept assuming I was a dude, likely because th people think boys are funnier than girls, unquote, Vermeer says. But the, quote, manic, pixie, granola girl desperate for guys, unquote, presented by Whole Foods Daddy, is inflated for comic effect. The real Vermeer is less sure-footed and more ready to laugh at her own expense. Quote, I constantly identify as an uncool person. That's a big part of my actual personality, unquote, Vermeer says. Many of her posts are marinated in that same self-deprecating charm, a key ingredient for relatability. The memes would ring hollow if they didn't faithfully capture Boulder, both its sparkle and blemishes. On that front, Vermeer has developed a working theory of her subjects. Quote, Boulderites love to work out and are really hot for the most part. These two things are probably related, unquote, she says. If there is a thread connecting the city's denizens, Vermeer posits it's an enduring drive, quote, to become aspirational versions of themselves, unquote, which introduces a problem. Quote, if you're only built on self-actualizing, What's real anymore? Unquote. Her answer? The surrounding natural wonder. Quote, the mountains and beauty are the bedrock, unquote, Vermeer says. Quote, it's the thing that's real and enduring about this place. Unquote. Less savory, but no less real, are the college town's manifold inequalities. It was Alfalfa's, the now defunct natural grocer on Broadway, where Vermeer sharpened her political consciousness, working a service position after college. The store for her was Boulder in miniature. Quote, it's where a huge amount of inspiration for the page came from, unquote, she says. Quote, you'd sort of see what the power dynamics in the city are, unquote. There was plenty of comic material at Alfalfa's too. But these lighter elements were, quote, <clears throat> juxtaposed with homeless people shooting up in the back room and creepy advances from older wealthy men who were prominent in the community who can literally get away with anything because they own the world, unquote. Beyond running gags on bolder stereotypes, Whole Food Daddy performs a subtle civic function 
illuminating the gap between the city's polished affluent presentation and those struggling on its margins. Boulder's gross metro product, the combined value of goods and services produced within its boundaries, is larger than the GDP of over half the countries in Africa. Nevertheless, solutions for housing its homeless or working-class residents continue to elude the city government. Quote, that's what's so complicated about Boulder, unquote, Vermeer says, quote, that's why you can't describe it any other way than a total contradiction, unquote. Not that Vermeer sees her Instagram account as a treatise on the city's social ills, quote, I come from the perspective of trying to be funny, first and foremost, and I think that's the main purpose of the page. I want people to laugh over something we all have in common, Vermeer says, tipping back her wine glass. Thank you for joining us for the Boulder Weekly. My name is Eric Levine. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.